I thought I would uh, start off talking a little bit about the Second Amendment. And uh, some of this I've said before, some of it I haven't said before. But um, since uh, we currently have our corrupt legislature convening, or you might say conspiring at the Roundhouse in Santa Fe, to once again try to move forward their efforts to disarm all of us. I'm sure they see this as a necessary step to make way for the new world order, the Great Reset, the one world government, whatever you choose to call it, in which we will all own nothing and be happy. For us to own nothing, that obviously would have to involve them taking everything from us and transferring it to them. For that to be possible, I assume they are starting with our guns. The founding fathers of our great constitutional republic saw this coming. By the way, the United States is not a democracy, as so often you hear the idiots in media and even the politicians claiming. Politicians are supposed to understand the Constitution our country was built upon. And by the way, this includes both Democrats and Republicans. After all, they do take an oath to defend and protect the Constitution of the United States. The U.S. Constitution, which was drafted in 1783, was then written for the purpose of strengthening the central government. Many people in early America opposed the idea of a strong central government. I think their fears were right, as we see the federal government grabbing more power every day all while driving our country further into a state of bankruptcy. And you notice I say further into bankruptcy. We've been in bankruptcy for a long time. You know, they're talking about raising the debt limit again. Wow, you can't pay your bills, so you got to raise the credit limit. Is that crazy or what? You know, I'm going to get off on a little side note on that while I'm thinking about that. So... They're going to raise the debt limit because they can't currently pay their current obligations. Now, me, on my personal budget, and I'm sure all of you, don't you constantly strive to lower your debt instead of it constantly increasing on an annual basis? Wouldn't that indicate that you are in some serious financial problems? Just saying. I don't believe many people realize that nearly every time a new bill is passed, more of our freedom is taken away, not to mention each of us being relieved of more of our hard-earned money. The writers in favor of the U.S. Constitution found themselves faced with a new challenge shortly after writing it. That would be ratification. They needed two-thirds of the original 13 states to agree to adopt the new document as the rule of the land. Recently, broken away from what they saw as tyranny of Great Britain, individuals were protective of their freedom and touchy about any infringement on private liberties. Moreover, each state had questions and concerns specific to its individual needs in addition to not wanting to cede power to the federal government. For some time, it appeared that the country would break apart rather than come to a united agreement on the powers of the central government. In order to address these issues, the founders wrote up a Bill of Rights that specified protections for individuals and for states. 
these first 10 amendments were included with the rest of the document, which was finally ratified in 1791 and played a big role in securing the two-thirds majority needed to ratify the U.S. Constitution. Most of the points in the Bill of Rights deal with the freedoms and rights of individuals accused of breaking the laws. Yet the Second Amendment, the second point on the Bill of Rights, deals directly with gun ownership. So why did the founders consider it necessary to include this in such an important document? Even though the words in the Second Amendment are very clear and straightforward, there are those to this day that continue to try to distort their meaning. Why was the Second Amendment created? The American Revolution started in part because of taxation issues. By the way, this dispute was simply over a tax on tea. These people of the time were far less tolerant of out-of-control government than people today are. The colonists protested against what they perceived as unfair and oppressive treatment. Remember the Boston Tea Party? While the British response was to stop the importation of firearms to the New World. I guess they didn't want them to be able to fight back, right? In retaliation, colonists began to smuggle guns in from Europe, stockpiling extras for a day when they would need them to fight increasingly vindictive crown. As you might remember from history classes, that is, if you even had history class in your school. Tensions rose until the British sent troops to quell insurrection. That word familiar to you? (laughs) Only to find an unanticipated organized response. Beginning in Boston, the revolution was the first of its kind in history. It was known as a shot heard around the world. In today's show, we're going to talk a lot about the fight for our very critical right to keep and bear arms. You notice I emphasize on the word right. You need to understand what that is. So I'm going to start by talking about the words in the Second Amendment and exactly what each word means. The Second Amendment was not written for the purpose of hunting or target shooting, although I like doing both of those things. It was originally conceived as a limitation on the power of the federal government. I'll start by refreshing everybody on what the Second Amendment to our U.S. Constitution Bill of Rights says. Second Amendment, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So let's break it down and talk about the words contained in this very important amendment. What is well-regulated? The modern definition and the definition of the time the Constitution was written are very different. I previously did a show on which I referred to the writings of the time that illustrate what I'm talking about. I suggest you listen to that show if you haven't heard it, because I really, really dive into well-regulated and what it means. That's very important, because they twist the meaning of that nowadays, and they try to apply the modern meaning so that they can infringe upon your right. The modern meaning of well-regulated has been redefined to mean controlled or supervised to conform to rules, regulations, or tradition. 
the meaning of the time meant that something was proficient, well-trained, or in good working order. The attacks on the Second Amendment by those that seek to violate our freedom often use a misinterpretation of this term to justify their claims. Unfortunately, since many people nowadays are ignorant to history, the criminals making these cases get away with their lies. Is it making more sense to you now why there is so much of an effort to erase history? What's a militia? There's a lot of controversy over that word as well. Well, in today's understanding, it's an armed group of radical extremists. Or the government of today even tries to say it is the National Guard. In the time of the Founding Fathers, it was an army composed of ordinary citizens rather than professional soldiers. Certainly not an arm of the government. Then there's the part that says being necessary to the security of a free state. What is a free state? The freedom fighters of the time understood this to mean a free country, free of despotism, that would tend to support the individual rights view of the amendment. The people would then more easily be read as referring to a right of the people as individuals. A right is justified by public interest, much as the term people is understood in the First and Fourth Amendments. The right would cover people regardless of whether or not they were enrolled in a state-chosen defensive force. Since the right would be unrelated to preserving the independence of the states, and it would apply to all Americans, whether in states or in D.C. So here's the big one. What is a right? Because we're talking about an amendment contained in the Bill of Rights, not the Bill of Privileges given by the government, the Declaration of Independence eloquently communicates those truths that are the foundation by which the Constitution is built upon. The document proclaims clearly that rights do not come from men. They come from a creator. That creator, said the Founding Fathers in their collective wisdom, is the God of the Old and New Testaments. Of 15,000 writings of the 55 men who signed the Constitution, including newspaper articles, pamphlets, and books, the Bible, especially the book of Deuteronomy, contributed 34% of all direct quotations. When indirect Citations were included. Over half of all quotations were derived from the Bible. So who are the people? Well, I kind of previously mentioned that. That would be you and me. The individuals that are legal citizens of the United States of America. Keep and bear arms. The meanings of these words mean the same thing they have always meant. It meant I, I, I looked it up, and it's like they really haven't changed the meaning of those words. According to Merriam-Webster, to keep is to retain in one's possession or power. That means on your person, anywhere in this country, concealed or not concealed, in your car, or any place you call home. To bear that's a simple one. That means that you're equipped or furnished with. What is an arm? 
Well, it's not only the thing attached to your shoulder, which can also be used as a weapon, but is any weapon that can be used as a means of offense or defense. This means a gun of any kind, even an AR-15, or something that can hold 100 rounds of ammo, a cannon, a club, a stun gun, or any weapon that could be conceived in the future. Shall not be infringed. You hear me harping on that one a lot. This is the most important part. Shall is a term used in laws, regulations, or directive to express what is mandatory. It had this meaning when the Constitution was written, and it still means the same thing today. Infringe is what politicians are doing when they try to modify or suspend a right. This term means to encroach upon in a way that violates law or the rights of another. The New Mexico Constitution Bill of Rights echoes almost exactly what the U.S. Constitution states, or at least it used to. Section 6, Bill of Rights, New Mexico Constitution, Right to Bear Arms. No law shall abridge the right of the citizen to keep and bear arms for security and defense, for lawful hunting and regular recreational use, and for other lawful purposes. Now, it should end right there, okay? But the criminals in Santa Fe added, amend, they amended this right to add restrictions to the right. Can you see the problem there? Like what I just described to you? They added... But nothing herein shall be held a, to permit the carrying of concealed weapons. Okay, that just contradicts the first thing that I just said. And how is restricting your rights, how, how should that be in the Bill of Rights? Can you see how that doesn't make any sense? That certainly sounds like abridgment to me. No municipality or county shall regulate in any way an incident of the right to keep and bear arms. See, that also contradicts that stupid thing that they added in there in their amendment. And they amended it, by the way, in uh, 1971 and 1986. Why did the people of New Mexico allow the right to keep and bear arms to be modified in amendments that were added in 1971 and 1986. The modifi modifications put limitations on the right, which apparently means that the government of New Mexico believes that the government knows better than the creator. Like in New Mexico, the attacks on our right to keep and bear arms began years ago. In 1837, when Georgia tried to ban handguns, that was found unconstitutional by the state Supreme Court and thrown out. In 1865, they tried to pass a law preventing black people from having guns. In 1927, the U.S. Congress passed the Miller Act, a law banning the mailing of concealed weapons. And the real infringement really started with the passing of the National Firearms Act of 1934, 
regulating the manufacture, sale, and possession of fully automatic firearms like submachine guns is approved by Congress. The infringement continued from there, and it has gone to the point in which the meaning of what a right is seems to elude all the politicians running our government. Do rights still exist in the United States of America? Generations of Americans have lived in security and freedom because our leaders have generally been faithful to the belief that nature's God, the creator, imbued all people with unalienable rights, including the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Our leaders are now aligned with the agenda of the WEF the WHO, the globalist, and those pushing for a one-world government, one-world religion, and the new world order. Individual rights are not compatible with the agenda of the left's agenda. In a quote by James Madison, he said, I believe there are more instances of the abridgment of freedom of the people by gradual and silent encroachments by those in power than by violent and sudden usurpations. That's what they do, people. They're playing the long game. They're infringing upon our freedom just a little at a time, hoping that you won't notice. You know, the, the analogy of the boiling frog, you know, you get in the water, oh, the water's great, and then they just gradually turn up the water until you finally realize it's too late. 